the Business Buzz Podcast. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. Good evening and welcome to the Business Buzz right here on Vow FM 88.1. My name is Mudiwa Mob Justice Gavaz and I'll be your host on today's show. It's a Thursday, the time has just gone by 1 after 6 p.m., which means it's time for us to give you the Business Buzz. Who says that business can't be entertaining? Definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we unpack and uh, keep you entertained on how the world's money and economics are affecting you. We're broadcasting live right here from our studios in Bromfontein, Johannesburg and we will be live until about 7 p.m. Um, I just want to give a bit of a shout-out to the station. Uh, that's uh, Vow FM. Um, last week, as the business buzz, we were nominated for a Liberty Radio Award, and we were all there, um, the full team, because we were nominated from our team in uh, 2017. Uh, so all four of us were there. It's the first time that we've all been in the same room in a while, so it was uh, it was definitely good uh, to have everyone there. Uh, shout-out to all the listeners that have been supporting us um, all this time and thank you to um, the amazing team that we have here at the Business Buzz. It's definitely um, now we can definitely say we are one of the top six business shows in the country and uh, shout out to um, Kaya FM who ended up taking that award. So we'll be definitely um, working hard to make sure that next year same time we are nominated yet again and vying for that award. Otherwise for Today we are going to be discussing the business of fashion, uh, talking about should you be a model, should you be a designer, could you be designing the next hot collection, how is the industry doing economically and is this something that should be that you should be looking at as a viable career. So we're going to be having a designer together with a model. And we're going to be also having some snippets from you uh, from what happened at SA Fashion Week last week um, around the business of fashion. Also coming up for the next hour, we're going to be giving you our business wrap with Ken Switchenham together with our Buffalo Index as we tell you the state of your 100 rand. Remember that you can uh, follow us on social media. Uh, keep the conversation going. Tell us what you think. Are you a fashionista? Is um, the fashion industry something you're familiar with or doing business in? at the moment tell us what you think on facebook we are vow fm that's the voice of vids and the business buzz and then on twitter we are at vow fm our hashtag is hashtag business buzz on whatsapp you can find us that's 084 0784912 and you can also stream the station live on vowfm.co.za remember that podcasts of the business buzz show are available on vids.journalism.co.za so definitely make sure you go and check us out there all our podcasts from previous shows have been posted up make sure you keep it logged we're here until 7 p.m don't turn that down this is 88.1 the business, business buzz. buzz. Our conversation continues right here on the business buzz as we talk about life in that very first job. Expect to be surprised. Expect things to be different. Because if you've built up expectations and you've got this picture in your mind that the work environment is going to look like this and your boss is going to be like that and your colleagues going to be like this and you arrive there and it's not that way, it can be instantly quite sort of discouraging and, and, and surprising. So I think maybe do away with the expectations a little bit and go in there with a very open mind. Tips coming through from Sheila Foster, who is the author of Your First Year of Work, The Survival Guide. Tune in to the Business Buzz every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. only on FM. Business Rep with Ken Sweatman. It's time for us to get into our business wrap. That's a part of the show where we round on some of the week's uh, top trending business and economics news. And on the line, we have our financial expert, that's Ken Swettenham, to tell us what's going on. How are you, Ken? I'm very well this evening, and yourself? I'm fine, thank you. Um, In terms of the economy, uh, South Africa, it's been a while since we last spoke. What's going on? Well, the biggest news this week was the uh, rather surprising inflation numbers, which took everybody by by surprise, myself included, coming in at an incredibly low 3.8% as of the end of March this year, which makes it the lowest uh, year-on-year inflation number since January 2011. That's over seven years ago. Now, that, on the face of it, looks like very good news for for people. It means that prices of goods are not going up as quickly as as we thought they were, or supposedly not anyway. But I do suspect that uh, 
it will only be short-lived as, as the fuel price increases come through, proposed electricity prices increases come through, as the VAT increase comes through. So we can expect that number to probably go up as well in the forthcoming months. Um, Ken, I know that in South Africa we practice, I think it's called targeted inflation. Could you explain to our listeners what that means? Yes, certainly. Look, targeted inflation depends on just some of the items, like uh, food inflation, for example, which tends to be very high and and obviously, uh, you know, affects all of us because we have to eat every day. So um, it's just inflation on certain items or certain basket of items. And sadly, the the 3.8% is overall inflation, also called CPI or the Consumer Price Index. And that takes just about all the items of goods. So you might find some goods actually deflating, i.e. going down in price, and other goods going up in price. And 3.8% is just the average. It doesn't necessarily mean that's how much your your uh, groceries are going up by. In fact, the chances are your grocery, groceries are going up by a lot more than 3.8% per annum because food inflation tend to, tends to go up higher than that. So, um, yes, it is a number that, that's good overall but does not necessarily feed into our, our day-to-day spending, unfortunately. And how has the market uh, as a whole taken the news of these uh, released inflation figures? Uh, well, yeah, the financials like it very much um, because they believe it may possibly lead to further interest rate decreases. Remember, the inflation number is one of the things the Reserve Bank looks at when considering uh, interest rates. And then the interest rates did come down just before Easter by by a quarter of a percent. And it may lead into further interest rate cuts uh, later this year. That's good for the banks because if interest rates are lower, it's possible people will borrow more money from the banks. So banks like that. So we saw very good numbers on the financial markets yesterday and that pushed the overall market up yesterday by about 1%. Today, I've just been looking at the numbers, the market is basically flat today, uh, very little movement in in any of the indexes. So it it has held on to the gains that it made yesterday, which is certainly good news. I think uh, lastly, our listeners might be interested to know um, what the actual impact on prices will be because you've told us that some prices have gone up uh, higher than others, that the 3.8% is an average figure. So that average figure of 3.8% together, um, with uh, which means that generally prices um, seem to be coming down, but at the same time we have VAT, which was uh, raised on the 1st of April. So are prices really going to go up significantly or have these things sort of cancelled each other out? Well, not really, unfortunately. Uh, if, if we look back at what's happened just in the last, say, three weeks or so, uh, we had the interest rate cut, which will save uh, people a little bit of money, those who are in debt, are carrying credit card debt, vehicle debt, uh, mortgages and so on. And then immediately after that, fuel went up quite significantly, not only with... Uh, uh, the, the normal fuel price increase, but with the 52 cents fuel levy increase applied from the 1st of April. And of course, uh, as you mentioned, the, the VAT went up from 14 to 15%, which has added uh, uh, prices to a lot of the goods. So despite this so-called good news uh, of the inflation number, that is taken as of the end of March. It has not taken into account the fuel price increase. And if, by the way, we're expecting another fuel price increase in May, uh, or nor the VAT increase. So unfortunately, as I said earlier on, people are not necessarily going to feel that prices are going up any slower than they have been in the past. And, and we can expect a, a continuing increase in, in goods overall, unfortunately. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was us on the line with our financial expert, Ken Swettenham, just giving us a roundup of the week's business and economics news. As you heard, inflation is sitting now on average at around 3.8%, which is lower than most um, experts and pundits expected. But at the same time, we seem to be having a bit of a balancing act because some things are going up, such as uh, um, such as uh, VAT, for example, but other things are coming down, like your interest rates. So things uh, will be balancing each other out but on the whole we do expect that prices will be rising ever so slightly so that's it in terms of the business wrap on the other side of this we get into our buffalo index More justice on the business bars.
Welcome back. This is the Business Buzz right here on VAWFM 88.1. We just came from giving you our business wrap with our financial expert, Ken Switanam, giving you a round of the week's business and economics news. But right now, it's time for us to get into the state of your 100 rand with our Buffalo Index. And I'm joined in studio by one of our producers. We have Lerato Mapella in studio with us. How are you, Lerato? Hey, Muriwa. I'm good. I just had the flu. And how are you? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm all right. And I hope you do get well soon. Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of our Buffalo Index, what do you have for us today? Oh, yes. So today, because we're talking fashion, mm-hmm. so if you are an aspiring fashion designer, you want to start your own clothing line, or you already have one, then I think you need to listen up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this week, we're going through the costs that are involved into getting into the fashion industry. So as you know, Mudiwa, there are many ways to get started as a fashion designer, and the most traditional way is to get into a, a fashion college. Yeah. So the fees that are involved um, into getting into a fashion college in South Africa are like 30k to 45k per year. Yeah. So per month it'll cost you like 3750 125 rand per day and about 5 rand per hour. Yeah. So essentially your 100 rand will only get you 20 hours worth of learning at various fashion design <laughs> colleges. <laughs> wow. Do you think that's worth it? Uh, if if you're going to be a good designer at the end of the day mm-hmm. and actually make money from your, from your label, then I think it's worth it. All right. So another cheapest available alternative that you can do is by obviously starting your own clothing line and showcasing it at different markets and festivals. And one festival that's really exciting to look out for is the one in Bramfontein, the Let's Play Outside Festival that's happening on the 28th of April and that was founded by a previously interviewed Bring You Heavy in Bumelala Frank Pan Mfula. So to showcase your brand at the event, it will essentially cost you 800 rand store rental. Wow. Yeah, 800 (laughs) rand. So where a table will be given to you. So ideally, your 100 rand will only get you an eighth of the store. Mm. So I think it's... A corner. Yeah, a corner, like a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the last um, option would be to look into creating an online store at Hello Pretty, which is an online design and craft marketplace and the pricing is as follows. So it's essentially divided into three. So you've got the starter package, which is free, got the social package, which is like 49 rand per month. And lastly, we've got the premium package, which is like 99 rand per month. So your 100 rand can get you the premium package so that you can open an online store at Hello Pretty Market Store, which is a bargain considering the fact that it already has an established customer base. So I think this, I would go for, for the last alternative, really. The online store. The online store, yes. Mm, for me, it's a, it's a bit tougher than that. I would, I would probably go for the Let's Play outside. Mm-hmm. Why is Mainly that? because of the number of people that <clears throat> come. Um, to let's play outside you know you might you might be able to get a lot of your stuff sold just because yeah. there were a lot of people there and if you're renting like an eighth of a store mm-hmm. because you and eight other guys went and put 100 rand together and put a store together then you know you might sell all your stuff out because you only have an eighth True. but uh, but I uh, but otherwise I do understand why you like the, um, yeah. the 99 rand package it, it's, it's, it's a good a one package, yeah. Yeah, so. I'm actually learning I did not know that you you can actually host an entire um, online store just for 99 Rand. Yeah. And the, oh, okay. That's pretty dope. <laughs> so, yes, you heard it right there. That's our Buffalo Index for today. If you want to get into the fashion industry, we've given you three different alternatives that you and your 100 Rand can do. You either have uh, uh, about 20 hours of fashion school or you can uh, rent about an eighth of a store at Let's Play Outside or you can actually host um, your own online uh, store on uh, something like uh, Hello Pretty and that will cost you 99 Rand at the most because they do have a free package, a 49 Rand package and a 99 Rand package. So thank you so much, Lerato, for just 
educating us on what your Honda Dren can do for you in the fashion industry. On the other side of this, we get into our main topic. We're talking the business of fashion today. And uh, on the other side of this, we're going to be talking to a model about what it's like to be in the industry from that point of view. And then we're going to be talking to a designer as well. Keep it locked. It's 88.1. More justice on the business bars. Remember that you can stay in touch with us. Tell us what you think. We're talking the business of fashion today on the business buzz on Vow FM that's uh, Vow FM Voice of Vits on Facebook and then we have our own Facebook page that's The Business Buzz on Twitter we're at Vow FM and our hashtag is hashtag business buzz so today we are talking about the business of fashion what does it mean to be in the fashion industry and we look at the fashion industry from a number of different perspectives today we're going to be looking at it from a modeling point of view and a designing point of view but before we get into all of that um, we had uh, a bit of time that we spent at SA Fashion Week last week and uh, here's a little bit of what con- uh, what happened there. We're here backstage at SA Fashion Week Spring Summer 2018. You can see everything is just crazy out here. You can see the models, the clothes, the makeup and hair. Hey guys, I'm Katja and here. We are backstage at SA Fashion Week where we are moments away from my latest Big Mac 50 collection going live. It is inspired by iconography. You are going to see a lot of Lucky Cat, a lot of McDonald's, Golden Arches, beautiful Big Macs, really just growing onto the icons of um, society. How are you feeling about the show? Mixed emotions, mixed emotions. You know, yeah. I'm nervous. Huh? <laughs> Hi, my name is Neil. Um, I work for Asia Fashion Week and um, I just came off the runway doing the Aftermath show. What an amazing show, uh, quite a collection, and I'm, I'm happy again to have walked in again this year. Hi, my name is Bonnie Gamona. I've come all the way from Botswana for this, and I'm really, really enjoying the shows. I've come as a part of all with Botswana, so I get to see every single show and it's actually absolutely stunning to see the colors to see the models to see how eccentric style can really be made simple i'm really really enjoying the show and that audio comes to us courtesy of Vlogbox. Uh, you know, thank you so much to them for lending us a bit of that. And that's what was going on at SA Fashion Week. As you heard, uh, some interesting voices coming through from there. We had uh, Bonnie Kamona was the first princess from Miss uh, Botswana back in 2016. We had Hurt Johan Kutsia telling us about what's going on. Otherwise, right now, as we get into the business of fashion, we decided, uh, you know, where do we begin? And we've decided that talking to a model an actual model about what does it mean because i think a lot of people think uh, modeling and the fashion industry is very glamorous but we're gonna hear from um, a model his name is adamo he is a male model i think we we decided let's do something different because most of the time when we talk about models we talk about uh, female models but let's hear from a male model and hear what um, the industry is actually like and what does it mean this is the business buzz and today we are talking the business of fashion and on the line i'm happy to say that we have uh, someone who is experienced in the industry uh we have uh, damo denwade on the line uh he is originally from uh, the drc and has been modeling for a number of years in 2014 he was voted uh uh, he came up as the winner for South Africa's top model and uh, recently walked at SA Fashion Week. And he also has interest in business and the entertainment space. So, welcome to Adamo. How are you, Adamo? Hey, I'm good, thanks. And thanks for having me, man. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, for our young listeners out there, um, can we start our conversation by just having you introduce yourself um how long you've been modeling for and what actually made you get into um, the fashion industry? Uh, my name is Adamo Denawade, and uh, I've been modeling for the past six years now. Uh, I started modeling a very, very awkward way. Um, I was in a store and uh, I was about to buy something and there was a couple that was looking at me really funny and they kept looking and I felt like I was doing something wrong. So they came up to me and they were like, yo, listen, do you know how much money you can make with your look? I was like, okay, <laughs> if anything that has to have me make money, why not? So, and just to find out that this guy was oh, a very well-known photographer that was working, uh, not only in South Africa, but also in Milan. So he 
helped me. Yeah. He told me, you know, listen, here is my uh, my email address, and uh, please do, you know, check it out and uh, check my website out. And if you have time, uh, I could do a portfolio for you and all that and then send you to an agency. So I was like, okay, you know, I didn't take it seriously. But after three weeks, uh, I went on and checked his website, and I checked, like, he had really, really dope stuff. And then uh, I emailed him, and then he... He was like, okay, cool, let's do this. And then he sent me to an agency. At that time, uh, the agency I was signed with was called Star Models. And this great photographer is called uh, Garrett Barkey. So ever since then, I went into the industry and, yeah, I became a model. So <laughs> it was more like, you know, uh, you know, destined type of feel, you know. I was mainly made, uh, made to actually, you know, do this. So I was quite excited to start it at that time. <laughs> so it sounds like you had an interesting start. So for our listeners out there, does it actually make business sense uh, for a young person to be a model um, currently in South Africa, whether they're male or female? Uh, yes, definitely. But I obviously you have to look at it. It has to be more of a profitable thing for you to do because uh, being a model uh, means that you obviously need to take some time you know, avail yourself for the costings and all that. Yes, there is money, but obviously it will obviously depend on your campaigns that you get as an individual model and the agency you signed up to. Because um, right now in South Africa, it's not as prominent as other parts of, uh, you know, uh, the world, like let's say New York or the UK, you know. There you can make a living off modeling, but in South Africa, or in Africa, it's a, it's a bit slower, and there's not a lot of campaigns that will give you a lot of money. Like here in South Africa, you find that you get jobs that that's probably going to pay you at about maximum, you know, ten to fifteen thousand, twenty thousand, and that doesn't come constantly. So it comes once in a while, and sometimes when you do get those big, you know, campaigns that will probably pay you a hundred and a hundred a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand, that that's like a once-off thing. So uh, you probably have to have like a job on the side for you to, you know, pay the light, put food on your table, you know, clothe yourself, transport here and there. So it's not really an ideal thing to do. But if you are found in a, in a position where you are, you are lucky to get better jobs uh, or you, you know, get a, maybe a company that would want to keep booking you uh, than one, than the only time they booked you. So you get more times where they keep calling you for, you know, rebooking and maybe renewing of your contracts and you make more money like that, you know. So it, it really depends on the campaigns. So I would not really say that you could only focus on modeling, but it's also not my place to say you should or you shouldn't. It obviously depends on the individual. How focused are you? How willing are you? How persistent are you? You know what I mean? So it all comes back to who you are and what you want to be and how focused are you. Like I would always say to everybody, the way I did it was different. Like I, I got into it, you know, by someone helping me out. But when I was in it, I was 150% into it. You know, I went into the castings. I went, I made sure that every time I was needed, I was there and, and, and took time off to study and understand how the business so that I don't fall short of anything that comes by my way, you know. Um, one of the things that you've actually just brought out and in answering that question is uh, there are a lot of routes into the industry. And you mentioned earlier that your route into the industry was actually through um, being signed to a modeling agency. So could you explain to us how that relationship actually works? Um, does a person actually even need to have a modeling agency or can they stay independent? How does that business relationship work? Well, as a start off, you definitely need to be signed because you will not know the clients and the people that are bringing in auditions and the castings. So the idea is for you to sign down under, uh, uh, to sign under someone who has been in the industry and understands the industry, you know. So it's, a, it's ideal for you to have an agent, booker, someone who knows and, and, you know, places you into places where it's easier for you to, you're not only easy, but it's easy for you to compete around the people maybe your same age or has the same kind of, you know, facial structures and all that. Because at the end of the day, the client decides who they want, 
you know? So the idea here is, yes, obviously, you need to be signed, but after a while, as a, as, as a, as a model, you, you become recognized and your brand grows. So sometimes you do find that uh, because you are in that position, it makes life easier for you as a model because then you get picked not only you know, through auditions or anything, but a direct booking or someone will call you directly, directly or you get your, uh, your agent gets a direct call and we want to use this, you know, this particular person for this particular campaign. So it's a huge necessity to have uh, uh, an agency. But, but at the end of the day, you know, as I said, you know, we can all put these stops here and there. But as an individual, you know what counts for you. And what's good for you, but uh, but as a beginner, it's not as easy just to start booking jobs on your own. Yes, you might you know be called by individual people. They'll say, okay, can you please help me? I'm trying to do a test here, and I'm trying to do a job here, and your look looks you know really favorable and proper for my campaign or what I want to do. You know, so they'll probably call you privately, but for 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 certain jobs, you might not really get it. You know, if you don't have an agency, you, you somehow have to look at it in the, also in a business way uh, of it because they already have established relationships with certain customers or clients. So it makes you it makes it easier for you to be just placed there and give them the 20 percent or the 25 percent that's coming to them. And then from there, you know, you get the, you pay your tax, which is 25 percent and then you get the rest, you know, so that works. And I think something uh, that comes through as well is I'm sure a lot of people think that the life of a model is very glamorous. So my next question then becomes, is it as glamorous as we all, <laughs> as we all think it is? And what are some of the other misconceptions that people have about the modeling industry as a whole? Well, I, I personally don't really say, well, it is a life where it's in everybody's eye. You know, you're living your life through the public and people see you on a regular, but I still look at it as a nine to five. It's basically a job like any other job. And I feel like we take it, we take it like that, but because people see us on billboards, on TV, hear us here on radio, and sometimes, you know, walk and bump, they bump through us. Sometimes they do see us on the streets and and all that. Uh, They they think we're living a glamorous life. And I think sometimes, and, and that goes all across entertainment, and I mean actors, you know, presenters, and, and and anybody that has to do with the limelight living, you know? Because I think people have this thing that they're supposed to be living in a certain place. They, suppo- they are not supposed to be seen with us. They are like these uh, amazing people that live in a certain beautiful place. And that's, that's always good. Yes, you do find others that do, but not everybody lives that life, you know what I mean? So the misconception is basically based on that we are rich or we have it all, and like, but that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like you do get people that do well within the industry just as the same as other businesses do well because we take ourselves as businesses. Like as a model, I'm a business, I'm a brand. So it depends on how well you work with your brand to make a living out there that will have some sort of you know glam to it. But I don't think it's a... You know, everybody, you know, live like that, you know, and especially in Africa, you cannot necessarily say you are this glamorous, you know, celebrity, because I don't necessarily think that in Africa we celebrate celebrities like in the States or in the, U- like the U.S. and the U.K., you know what I mean? So I feel like, yes, you know, you do live a glamorous life. Yes, you do have some sort of people, you know, see or, you know, always want to be around you and support you as, you know, a public figure, but at the end of the day, the reality is it's not always the case. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like um, we we do get, you know, those questions, you know, how, why are you not driving a car? Why are you taking a cab? Or why are you eating here? And why? And you do get those <laughs> stuff, but at the end of the day, uh, the reality do hit that, uh, look, it is life, you know what I mean? Like, you do find individuals that are good at what they do and they get the recognition for it, but not always. And what I mean is financial, 
you know <laughs> it's not that easy so yeah there is a huge misconception you know out there we it's all in it's a nine to five it's the same thing as everybody else and we work as hard as we can and they you guys out there also work as hard as you can um we have time for just one more question adam and i'm just going to ask in closing do you have any advice for young people that want okay. to get into the industry? Um, you just spoke just now about how you view yourself as a business and you view yourself as a brand and that everything that you do has to lend itself to growing your, your brand, your brand equity, so that you can get your better campaigns, etc. So how does someone actually grow their, their brand uh, personally so that um, they can enter the industry and actually get those good campaigns uh the truth is this uh when you start or if you want to get into the business i think you need to start young i think you need to start at the age around about 14 15 and if you feel you have the height you know you have the you know the look and you feel like you can bring yourself up as it doesn't matter and i mean it doesn't matter throughout entertainment and i mean like being an actor presenter you know anchor or whoever you want to be and i think you need to recognize that i know i know others that you know they start at a at a at an older age but i think my advice is you start as a young person you know you find yourself look at look at the other people that are out there that are doing it you know around your age start young and uh you know focus and be persistent be true to yourself sometimes when you walk around and you have the charisma and and, and the confidence people sometimes mistake that as arrogance you know what i mean and i think it's just aura as a person when walking into a room and you you already know who you are so the advice my advice is once you have those things in place and even if it's not yet developed and you're still you know growing into it i think you need to really understand the business of of what you're about and what you're gonna you know see within the business because like Seeing you witnessing what goes on in a business, uh, business, and you being outside the business is different. Once you're inside the business and you understand how the business works, it gives you, a, you know, a broad, a, a, a bigger picture of what it is. So start young, focus. You know, don't ever, you know, hear what a lot of people ever say a lot of things about you and what they think of you. Stay true to who you are. Believe in yourself because everyone has a perception of who you are or you, who you're supposed to be. And you find that other people that are busy saying, you know, things about you or want, or how they want you to be, they don't even know who they are. So believe in yourself, focus on what you think you should do. And obviously you have a dream and a vision. And that vision obviously will, you know, keep you going and keep the fire burning until it comes to life. So the ideas that you have in your head, uh, believe in it, focus on it. Because uh, the industry is, is rough, you know, you get people that tell you <laughs> you're not even supposed to be modeling. You're not even supposed to be in this industry. You can't even speak well. You can't. Even, you don't even look. You know, they are those people. And I tell you, the industry is very brutal. And there are certain people that don't care about your feelings. So feelings somehow, at some point, they don't matter, you know. And you need to, like, the, the, the idea of knowing who you are brings you to a place where people see you in a different aura, you know? So believe in yourself, focus on what you are and who you believe in and who you really are, and that will make you a different person when you are in front of any custom agencies or any agencies out there. Believe in who you are. You need to know who you are. You need to grow your brand. This is the advice that's coming through from uh, Damo Denwade, who is a model. He walked at Fashion Week last week and uh, giving us some gems of wisdom about what it means to be a model in the industry right now. On the other side of this, we're going to get into um, the business of actually designing. Uh, thank you so much to Adamo for talking to us about that. So make sure you keep it locked as we continue with our show around the business of fashion. Justice on the business bus. Welcome back. This is the business bus right here on VowFM 88.1. We are talking the business of fashion today, and we just came from uh, our interview with Adamo Dinwade, who is a male model who worked at Fashion Week last week, just giving us some insights on what it means to be a model currently in South Africa. And then right now, we're gonna flip. 
uh, it and actually go now to the designer side of things. And in studio, we are honored to have uh, Bonolo Mashilo in studio with us. She is from Bonolo Mashilo Designs, and she's going to be giving us an insight on the business of fashion from a designer's point of view. How are you, Bonolo? I'm great, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Um, as we begin, uh, she insisted that I ask her where <laughs> she is from. So, and I didn't ask, I wasn't curious, I didn't, I tried to keep the FOMO away. So, where are you from? Um, okay. I am from Denilton, mm. Mpumalanga. Mm. I'm from a village called yeah. Ndwani, and to be more specific, Lisechen. Yes. That's where I'm from. But I'm based in Pretoria. She is rapping. Yes, I am. <laughs> village Queens. Yes. <laughs> so, as we begin our conversation, uh, what actually made you uh, decide that... I actually want to be a fashion designer. At what point, what was the realization uh, that you said, I actually want to do this? You know, um, I really think that fashion is a calling. Yeah. Actually, being in the arts, I've always been creative. And even in high school, I knew that, you know, I didn't know that I wanted to do fashion design, yeah. but I took design as a subject. Okay. And I knew that this is what keeps me going. This is what I really enjoy. Mm. It's the only language that I actually understand. Mm. And all I had to do was to study further in order to realize what I wanted to do within design. So I did a year of IT after varsity because you know how it is. Parents don't really understand <laughs> the career path and it just looks crazy. And I also didn't understand what I would do within fashion and if it would actually put bread on the table. But after a year of IT, I left because I realized that this is not for me. I was actually forcing myself to be somebody that I'm not. Yeah. And that's when I studied fashion. And... It's just been on steroids still. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us, uh, from you, you've now given yourself the title of creative. Mm -hmm. What is your actual creative process like? Um, as someone who actually, because I feel like when you go to school mm -hmm. uh, for something, you're sort of taught a way in which to do something. Okay. So when you are designing in your creative process, does it come from that base? Do you follow the techniques you were taught at school? Mm -hmm. And what sets your design? apart actually um i don't really follow any techniques yeah fashion comes to me naturally when a client walks in just from the way she walks from the way she's dressed when she walks mm. in from the way she speaks from the colors that she's wearing when she comes for her first consultation i already know what i want to put her in yeah. and regardless of what's trending at that time i can already visualize what this lady would look good in because i specialize in um ladies way mm. so I dream about clothes. I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> but at 3 a.m. I yeah. sleep with my notebook and I'll always be oh, making wow. sketches. It comes so naturally to me. It's something that I love with all my heart and soul. And I think when you've got that fire inside of you, it becomes so much easier to follow your own process. And another thing that really makes it easier for me to know what to do next is um, working with my clients that actually know what it is that they want and want to enhance their beauty. So I think... I know that I'm responsible for so many women's self-esteem mm. that actually also steers me in the right path because I'm like, you know what? I cannot mess this up. She'll look good in this. And I always advise, Hore, this is actually too tight for you. Let's go loose. Let's make this look good on you. And when a client looks and feel, feels good, then you know that half of the job is done. So it's not so much about following techniques or trend or anything like what you taught in varsity. It should just come naturally to you. And that's how you also find your own way in fashion. That's how you can actually see my clothes in the rail and be like, that's definitely a Bonorama your designs and that's also how you develop your signature look mm. Mm. so what role um, now we're in sort of going broad mm -hmm. what role do you feel that fashion actually plays in our modern society I think there's a lot going on you True. know nowadays so uh, in what 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 piece of that pie um, does uh, fashion actually have and what impact do you think it can actually have okay um, fashion designers are actually the world's biggest influences huh? Okay, okay. I am saying this with so much confidence <laughs> right now because we communicate visually, yeah. which is a universal language. If I come to studio wearing a black head wrap and all black, then you probably assume that something's wrong or I'm going through a phase or I'm mourning. That's how we communicate. When I walk into this room, you look at how I'm dressed and mm. you can already, you know, already make a judgment. Or, okay, she's a bit of a diva. She's in heels. <laughs> it's nine. It's okay. It's six o'clock and why is she not in flats? Yeah. So you can tell so much from what a person is wearing. That's how we communicate. Even if there's anything happening that's trending. For example, Mamwini's funeral. Yeah. We actually decided, what, okay, women must wear head wraps and all black. That's how we were communicating. So mm. the whole world knew we were mourning just by looking at what we were wearing. So that's a lot of influence. So if you want to project a message, then you're probably going to change what it is that you're wearing. 
what you put on says a lot about you as well. Just like if you're going for a job interview, you're probably going to first stress about what you're wearing than what you're actually going to say because that speaks for you first. So you can imagine how much power we actually have. So we're also responsible for so many things, how women feel about themselves. If we start saying, you're supposed to have a tiny waist and only wear short dresses, and everyone's going to run and start doing that. But if we start saying, let's start wearing prints, let's start embracing who we are, then now society changes and wants yeah. to follow what designers say. So I, I really think that we have, we do the most. We do the most. We, we do the most. We decide. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's, what, so what type of skills does someone need to have to actually become a person who does the most as a fashion designer? You know what? To be quite honest, from I resigned from my job. Yeah. And this is what I do every single day. And firstly, you have to have patience. When, you ha- when you're working with people, you have to actually put yourself second mm. you know, for mm. a while. You need to actually realize that it's not always about you. Just because I don't like blue, I cannot be telling people don't wear this <laughs> color. It's not really about me. Yeah. And you have to understand that there are clients that call me at 9 o'clock asking if I'm ready for the dress or if they can come for fittings. So that's the part where you actually have to cool down and be like, no, not right now. This is not how it works. Or when people aren't happy with what you're doing, you have to be resilient, especially in the, in the business of fashion. As an entrepreneur, you have to constantly remind yourself to get back up again. There were so many times where I was knocked out and where I felt, Hore, I could never recover from this. Mm. So I think just keeping yourself going and also realize that you are all you've got and your creativity. Hmm. I like that. Speaking. I, 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 <laughs> I, I think like that's the, what you need. I like the fact that you are bringing in the issue of um, some of, uh, can I call them challenges? Mm. Uh, the fact that you have have felt down in some, poise, yes. uh, some places, mm. you've had to tell yourself you need to get back up. What type of support structure? <sighs> do you have around you because i'm sure you can't just be self it's hard to self-motivate i'm sure there must be there must be a team uh, around you that helps you to um that actually helps you to motivate yourself and what type of uh support system must someone who wants to get into the industry have around them you know what um i think i'm going to make this personal now maybe people (laughs) will actually understand where i'm coming from I had a nine to five that was stable yeah. and I was earning okay at that time, mm. over 10K. Yeah. And for someone that's just started working, that's more than enough. And I decided that I'm going to resign. So you can imagine how worried my family was. Hold okay, you've moved out of the house, you're going to resign. Mm. I decided, hold I'm going to change my lifestyle, and I'm going to start from the bottom again. Mm. So that alone, you can already imagine how much strain that puts on you emotionally yeah. and your family as well. Because you have to go back to your room now, get all your siblings out of your bedroom because you're back <laughs> home. And I decided, hold I'm going to take the little bit that I've saved up yeah. and I'm going to invest it into my business. It is really, really difficult. I went... From having a proper salary to just eight rand in my bank account because mm. I blew everything. I bought fabric and it didn't work out. Mm. I trusted people that said they would come and help me out and it didn't work out. I tried to get a seamstress. A month down the line, I realized, oh, actually, moto I can afford. I can achelate. That's when you realize the challenges. But I wouldn't have it any other way because I think if I didn't leave and just go down and out, I really wouldn't be where I am today. Mm. Not to say I've made it, no, I'm very far from that, but I'm not where I used to be. There's so much that you go through, you become depressed because you can no longer do anything for yourself. Mm. You spend most of your time working. So now I'm working, it's not nine to five anymore. It's six to six, or can I get six in the morning? <laughs> you take a break at six, you go home, you shower, you get back at it again. Mm, it I moved out off. from where, you know, mm. I moved out from where I was staying. I went to my parents' garage. I, I started really, it was really, really just tough. I had my seamstress in there. I had a friend who was helping with helping me with admin. And I had my mom who had to cook for all of us so that we could get through, uh, mm. we could get going through the night. So you need emotional support more than anything mm. and financial support. But I would put the emotional support first because that's what I needed. And that's what I'm still getting. Wow. Mm. That's actually quite a story. Yes. So... So in terms of, there's actually an interesting thing I picked up from what you said, Mm. because you mentioned the fact that there were some people who said that they would have your back, Mm. but ended up not having your back. Mm. So how do you, what what advice would you give to someone about weeding out those Mm -hmm. people that will actually be there with you all the way versus those that are just, you know, kind of here? Okay. Um... 
first of all, family over everything. Okay. Um, my strongest support system has definitely been my family, my mom, my dad, my sister who's here with me today, mm-hmm. and my little brother. My dad will be the one running and doing fabric shopping if I can't drive because I've been sleeping, the, I've been working the whole night and I'm too tired to drive. My mom will be the one making sure that I have everything I need and also preparing the food. My sister will be the one running the errands and making sure that everything is fine. And my brother will just be there telling me, oh no, Sissy, keep going. And with friends, you'll never really know what people's truest um, intentions are. I'm just saying that if you're going to start something, let it be what you want more than anything. And you shouldn't really depend on anyone. Have your own back. Yes, have friends come through for you, but just know that it's not everything. And also being independent. You have to really be there for yourself. I'm not, I've had a lot of friends who've dropped me or friends that just disappeared, but I'm really not mad at that. If anything, I hold myself accountable for my own future. Mm. So I get to blame anybody else who decided they're going to work out or this is not happening for them or they want to come when it's all sunny. You're responsible for your (laughs) own future. And the sooner you realize that, the better. You won't even realize that people walk out because you're too busy working on yourself. So it's got very little to do with your surroundings. Just your family, if you have that, then that's more than enough, honestly. I like that very much. But very quickly, uh, because we are running out of time, I just want to switch gears very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, from a business point of view, yeah. um, how does someone foster relationships mm-hmm. to actually get um, their clothing into the hands of people? Um, like uh, with buyers. You said yeah. that uh, you were a buyer once upon a time. Yes. How does a budding designer, because we probably have a lot of young people yeah. that are listening right now and they're like, Bonolo, I hear you. Mm. I'm also struggling. Yeah. I've done the things. I've bought the fabrics. I've made the garments. Mm. But how do I get these things into the hands of people? Okay. I think firstly, you need to decide, Horowena, what type of designer are you going to be? Yeah. Do you want to go into retail? Do you want to design for a big retail store? Mm. Or are you going to custom make everything that you make? Is it going to be personalized? Are you working on your brand? And once you figure that out, you'll definitely know the way forward. But with retail, um, I am a buyer. Yeah. I used to work for one of SA's biggest retail companies. I don't mm. think I should mention them. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, with that, there are so many retailers that have opportunities for young designers mm. to actually send in samples. So what you do is um, you will send in a sample of um, your idea. So design it, have a portfolio, construct it and send it in. Obviously, you're going to break it down and see if it actually matches um, the quality that they need. But what I would advise is... um, if you're going to go into that stream, build a name for yourself, Bailey. Know exactly what it is that you're doing. Don't just rush to have your clothes in one of SA's biggest retailers. Build your name on the outside, Bailey. Understand what it is that you're doing. Master your art and your craft from home. Get a seamstress and clean up your work because designers are always rushing to put their stuff on the rails and then consumers <laughs> will be complaining, my zip is popping, or I've got yeah. seams that are splitting. Master your art alone first. And once you've done that, start sending out emails. And also with funding, let the funding find you working. Let it find you on your mission already. Do not wait for handouts. There is no Edgar's Pep or Fushini or whatever that's going to come walking to you. Let them at least see what you're capable of first before actually trying to reach out. You should be reachable and you should be on that level that you want to be before you actually start approaching people. So the question is, are you ready to get into that field now or do you just want everybody to be talking about you without even being ready? There's so many opportunities that I've missed that I'm glad I've missed because Mm. I wasn't ready. You know, mm. so Umokai, let's start there. Where are you? Where can people find you? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I've got an Instagram page that's where I'm most active at Be Mashilo Designs. Yeah. You can follow me and see a lot of my work. Uh, most of my clothes are custom made. I do make items that I put on the rail. I'm on Facebook as well, Miss oh, yeah. B Mashilo. And I've got my details. My offices are in Murrayfield. I've got one office, Murrayfield, um, in Pretoria East. Mm. And I'm available 9 to 5 by appointment only because, Vele, I need to be exclusive now. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's where they can find me. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of this, we end off our show. Thank you so much. We're in studio with Bonolo Mashilo of Bonolo Mashilo Designs. You're tuned in to the Business Bus. 
So that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much to everyone who was uh, listening to our show. Um, thank you so much uh, to Denwade. Uh, that's uh, Damo Denwade, a model who spoke to us about what it is to be like as a model. And also thank you so much to Bonolo Mashilo of Bonolo Mashilo Designs on telling us the actual business of fashion, what it actually means and what it takes. Some takeaways, I feel like uh, Adamo reiterated time and time again that being a model in the industry takes a lot of work and you actually need to be serious about what it is that you want he also highlighted the fact that it's an industry that has a lot of ups and downs and despite the misconception that it's a glamorous industry there's a lot of work that actually goes into it and a lot of those guys actually take themselves seriously one other thing he said is that the one other thing he said sorry was that you need to sign yourself up to a modeling agency in the beginning so that you can start building those networks because those networks are what are going to connect you to designers that's what's going to connect you to uh, some of uh, the big campaigns and to advertisers uh, coming uh, back to what was said uh, most recently uh, by, by Bonolo in studio what uh, struck me mostly is uh, two things uh, the first thing is when she said you need to have um, support in your life emotional support and financial support but it's the fact that you you need emotional support on top of uh, above anything else and I think that goes to a lot of people because a lot of people have hopes and dreams and a lot of the time it's not the fact that they don't believe in themselves you just need someone else to just help you to realize that dream um, she was telling us about how her her entire family seems to be um, involved in her business so you definitely need to build such a team around you and then lastly for me a big takeaway is when she said let the funding find you whilst you're already working because i think a lot of the time people tend to have this attitude that um they seem to have two types of attitudes that are found um the first one is that no i need to find funding i need to do this before i actually act right uh, which i think is just overthinking it and then on the other side there's just the fact that some people are just lazy to be honest they want to they use the fact that they can't find funding as an excuse for them not to do what it is that they want to do and bonola's out here telling us that you need to just do the things so that when the money comes, you know, you can be prepared and you can definitely take full advantage of all the opportunities that come your way. So those are my takeaways. I hope that uh, everyone was touched in some way. Tell us what you think, what were the big takeaways for you. On Facebook, we have our FM, that's Voice of Vids, and we have our own Facebook page, that's The Business Buzz. On Twitter, we are at VowFM with our hashtag, that's hashtag Business Buzz, and then 0840784912, that's our WhatsApp line. You can also stream the station live, that's VowFM.co.za and find podcasts of the Business Bus Show on vids.journalism.co.za. Thank you to our amazing team, our executive producer, that's Alma Schutz, with our technical production that's done by Kutluanu Serami, and our production team, that's Tlingi Wezondo and Lerato Mapela. Don't miss the Business Bus, same time, same place. Next week, we'll be back for more insight into the world of business. And then next up on VAUFM, we have Life Beats, that's with Diema and Mongi, so definitely make sure you don't turn that Dow. From myself, Mudio Mob, Justice Kavaza, and the rest of the team, it's a good evening and take care. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. Listen to the Business Buzz every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Only on Vow FM. The Business Buzz Podcast.